I am actually super excited to be here today, to be able to speak to you, as Pastor Nicole said, to be the fourth week in this message, as she's kind of already challenged us for the past four weeks to how we're saying, God, send me, God, search me. And then last week, which was so painful for many of us, God, stretch me. Um, And now this week, we're coming to this fourth week and saying, God, lead me. And if you've been following along, we have these prayer journals that with this whole series called Ask, where we're saying we're praying bold prayers, which right there, that's just boldness in itself to say, I'm going to pray bold prayers. But if you've been joining with us, we have these prayer journals that are out inside the lobby. Maybe you've already been doing it. Maybe you said, you know what? I grabbed one, but I haven't been doing it yet. Grab it. Do it. All right, we're going to stick together with this. Even if you're just going to get it today, start where you're at with it and start beginning to pray those bold prayers and really beginning to see God move. Because as much as we say, you know what, this is week four, this is week four of the beginning of a new year. And this message is going to continue. So we're going to continue to say, God, send me. We're going to continue to say, God, search me. We're going to continue to and we're believing that we're going to continue to say, God, stretch me and lead me. And so we're going to do that today because as I talk about this, we're saying, God, lead me. God, guide me. God, speak to me. And we're going to talk about this topic of God speaking, which is a lot of times a can be controversial at times within different churches or between different people of this. And as I'm looking at this, I have to tell you, man, preparing for this sermon, when you look at the Bible, I mean, where do you start? (laughs) God leads multiple times. God leads multiple times. God speaks. And where do you start? And I feel like, I mean, one week. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you right now, this is the sugar coating, all right? This is the sugar coating because this is something that we can say and go deep into God speaking to us, God leading us. And so as we look at this today, know that there's so much more in this book to dive into this topic. And I encourage you to do that. And so with this topic, God speaking and leading us as Christians, it's been a hot topic because very, I mean, in a room this size, I'm sure that many of us could say that maybe at some point someone claimed to have heard from God and it hurt us. Or maybe have claimed that they heard from God or had different experiences with them claiming that. And so what it at times makes us to question that. And we see different types of people in the world and in the Christian community, those who say, you know what? God doesn't speak today other than in his word. Or you have people who say the opposite, and they say, you know what, God speaks to us, but they take that overarching, you know what, God spoke this to me today. I know it contradicts what's in here, but, and he does that. Or you have, sadly, we can say that there's people who have said that they have heard from God and claimed divine revelations and words, but maybe they've been used to manipulate others. And so, Saying that scripture is at times too restraining or, you know what, that was for then, not for now. But we believe that we serve a God who was the same then as he is today. And so as we move forward in that, we're going to look at that and see what his word says. And so it brings us to this first simple question. So I want to start off with this very simple. And if you have been attending the service today at all, you already know the answer to this question of does God speak today to us? And my answer to that is obviously yes. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. That was a, I'll take it again. And the answer to that is? Yes. Thank you. I, I work with kids a lot, so I'm going to expect some, you know, just let you know. All right? You don't get to sit there. No free rides today. All right? Now, 
God speaks to us, yes. And so just kind of, again, a brief overview. This is even all of it, but I want to talk about two main ways that I believe God speaks to us. And the first one that I want to address that I've already kind of talked about is through God's word. Through God's word, his holy, spirit, his, his holy word. And I want to look at Joshua 1, 6-8, and it says this. So be strong and brave. Be careful to do everything my servant Moses has taught you. Never stop reading the book of the law he gave you day and night, and you must think about what it says. And if you obey it completely, you and Israel will be able to take this land. just want to time out, time out, okay? So if you day and night think about it, if you obey it completely, you and Israel will be able to take this land. Here, Joshua and the Israelites find themselves on the edge of the promise, what God's words were, what God was speaking to them, saying, you know what, this is the promised land. This is what I've been telling you you're going to get. This is what I've been telling you you're going to be able to have. And he says, but, 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 don't forget what my word has already said. Think about it day and night. Read it, understand it, and obey it completely. We look in the New Testament, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that everything in the scripture is God's word. All of it is useful for teaching and helping people and for correcting them and showing them how to live. You see, God's word here, his Bible, we look at this and we need to spend time in God's word. We need to spend time in God's word so that we can know his will, so that we can know his voice, and so that we can know the promises that are ours. You see, when we do that, when we read God's word, we see all those, and then we can hear his voice and know how it aligns. Because if we truly believe that God speaks to us today, as we'll get to, then how do we just verify? How do we say, you know, God, I, I want to check this in my heart, and we check it to his word. These verses in Joshua speak of that promise, and he tells them how he's going to do this. But he says, again, remember what I've already spoken to you. You see, God's word, I think the best way to look at it, and the best way to think about it is it is the foundation and the base for this lead me. When we say, God, lead me, first thing he should be leading you to do is to be in his word more often. Lead me. Because even if we look at Psalms 119, many of us probably won't know this verse because we've learned it from a young age. Or if we're new, we, maybe we don't know it. But Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I don't know how many of you are big hikers, campers, or anything like that, but I remember, for me, I love camping. I love hiking. I love anything outdoors. If I can get dirty, I want to be there, okay? So I don't wear white. And so reading this, again, if you've never taken a hike or anywhere where it's dark and you don't have that light, you forget how important it is to have it. And so this is a lamp onto our feet and a light to my path. Without reading God's word, it's like taking a road trip except for you don't actually know where you're going. And then you get frustrated or then you, you think you know where you want to go, but you grab the wrong address and you're trying to figure out or you don't have the map to get there. It's just how many of you think that sounds like a frustrating road trip? It's a frustrating road trip to life. And so this is our map. This is our guidance. This is our way of God speaking to us, leading us. So scripture will be used to get to know, get to know God's voice and to recognize his will. You see, when God speaks to us, he will never, ever contradict his word in the Bible. I want to say that again. God's voice to us will never contradict what he has spoken in the Bible. 
So when we need to spend that time in God's word, studying what he says there, because if we don't study it and we don't know it, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, and then you end up in a where area that maybe you're saying this is God's will, and you realize it's not. And a quote that I had seen that really emphasizes this is from Smith Wigglesworth and says this, there are four principles that we need to maintain. First, read the word of God. Second, consume the word of God until it consumes you. Third, believe the word of God. And fourth, act on the word of God. I think that second one there really, as we're looking at this, we're talking about the relationship that you have with Christ and the consumption of it, the consuming power of God's word is one of those things that we need to take in. It shouldn't be just a small here, there. I mean, that's part of it, but there should be a moment where we become hungry and we want to consume it. If any of you have been with us on this fast, we've been as a church this past week, we said we would fast together. I mean, I can tell you I've been fasting. And there are days where you are like, I want to consume anything in sight, okay? I don't even like tuna fish, but dear goodness, it smells like a filet mignon right now, okay? <laughs> and you find yourself with that desire to consume it, that desire to have more of it. When do we get to that point with God's word? When do we get to that point with God's word where we say, oh, I'm hungry for it? Not because we've had lack. Not because we've been fasting from God's word. That, that is not biblical. Do not fast God's word. All right? But we find ourselves wanting to consume more of it and read it. Another way that I believe God speaks to us that I think was very evident today. And wow, God, seeing God move in his power in today's service is that he moves and he speaks through the Holy Spirit. He moves and he speaks through the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians says this, However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed to it to us by his Spirit. And the Spirit searches all things and even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the man's spirit within him? And in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit of he who was in God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. You see, in this verse here, 1 Corinthians, so we believe that God's word is spirit-led, it's been spirit-directed, it's been spirit-given, but then we believe that God still speaks to us today. He's still alive. He's still moving. He's still here with us. He didn't just start it and leave. He didn't just say start it and say, good luck out there, all right? No, he's here. He's talking to us. He wants to communicate because God is a God of relationship. I mean, husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, if you didn't talk to your significant other, would you have a significant other? No, that's, that's, that's not functioning correctly. And God is a God of relationships, and he wants to have that relationship. And it takes time and practice because it's in that time of practice. We're reading God's word and spending time listening that we learn God's voice, how to recognize it, how to hear it, how to know God when you're speaking. You know, how many of you have ever picked up a phone call and you already know who the person is calling before cell phones told you that, you know? You know their voice. You recognize their voice over it. Or husbands and wife already knowing what the other one's thinking and finishing sentences, all right? But, or even for as a parent, I mean, we experience this with our children. How many of you have ever been in another room and you know that that's your child crying? There could be three babies crying and all of a sudden you hear that baby and you're like, oh no, that one's mine. That's not always a good thing, but you recognize it. 
You know it. You can hear it because you spend the time. You have the relationship. You've invested into that relationship. You see, God is in the business of teaching us to hear his voice. He wants to commune with us. He doesn't throw us in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and say swim. He wants us to be there day by day. And it's a day-by-day process that we're willing to hear and learn as it goes. John 14, but the Holy Spirit will come and help you because the Father will send the Spirit to take my place. And the Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of what I have said while I was with you. It's Jesus speaking to his disciples. So for us today, as we look at this, again, Again, from experience, I'm going to tell you from my experiences, and I know many of you have probably had very similar experiences. How many times have we said, God, speak to me. I'm in a situation. Give me wisdom. And the words that we hear and the leading that God gives us isn't always something that's revolutionary or something that's new, but it's sometimes simply saying, you remember that verse you knew when you were a child? You remember that verse that you had memorized? Or even better, you remember that verse that you read like once and you didn't have memorized, but I'm going to bring it back to memory. How many of you have ever been there? Well, good. Not just me. Okay, good. But the fact is he brings it back. The Holy Spirit brings it back to remembrance. And he teaches us. I saw this quote, and it said, We should walk so closely with God that we discern his guidance as we live in obedience to his word and dependence on his Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that again. We should walk so closely with God that we discern his guidance as we live in obedience to his word and dependence on the Holy Spirit. You see, we need to have that relationship. We're developing it. It's not a point of achievement. It's not an end destination. It's a constant journey, a day-by-day constant journey where you're saying, God, I'm going to commune with you. God, I'm going to consume your word. God, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to get to know your word. I'm going to get to know your voice so that I can say every day, I want to be with you. And trust me, I'm going to tell you right now, there's days that are harder than others. And some of us might even be seeing here and saying, you know what? I don't hear God speak. That you try, but you don't hear him speak to you. And that there's things that can inhibit us from hearing God. And so actually, I want to just Talk about things that may inhibit us from hearing God's. And the first one I think I want to show you through this story. And so about hearing God's voice. So one day I was praying to God for some direction in my life. It was a busy time in my life. And to be honest, I was, I was lacking on time. All right. I didn't have the morning time that I needed. Now, however, I knew that I was meant to get direction for this decision. So as I was going to the door, I knew I was going to take some time to pray and, you know, maybe listen to God's voice as I was driving or, you know, God's voice. Um, I began to drive, and I really found myself thinking about, you know, what were the uh, dinner plans that night? Uh, what were, you know, what I did I need to get done at work? Or, you know, how really was that song playing on the radio? And that joke that they had said, it was really funny, actually. I thought it was funny. So I tried to refocus and pray, and then my mind seemed to wander. And then I was at work. Now, before you guys think, the media department did not make a mistake. <laughs> How many of you really connected with that story? Like, were able to focus on what I was saying to you? And how many times we find that is our life right there, the distractions, where we say, you know what, God, I'm going to give you this time, but you know what? Oh, oh, wait. Oh, man, 
I didn't do that report for work. Oh, I didn't do that. Oh, I still got this to do. Oh, my goodness, that child is whining again, all right? And he's 27, okay? He should stop whining, all right? Or, you know, the distractions begin to come. Or how many of you really feel like you connect with this? I don't know about you, but one of the best things and the worst things is when we started doing devotions on your phone, and I, I do devotions on my phone, oh, my goodness, it seems like God tells everyone to text me at that time because I'm holding my phone and I'm reading, and all of a sudden... You know, notifications come up and distractions come up. And then we go, God, why am I not hearing you? The distractions. We see that they begin to build upon each other. They build and build and build. And there's so many things grasping for our attention. Even writing the sermon. Again, feeling like God speak to me, God speak to me. And I would struggle with the distractions. Like good distractions. But in the midst of it, it's hard to recognize the voice of our Father without the time and the dedication. Because does that mean that I think God only speaks to you when you are completely silent and there's nothing going on in your life? I don't know about you, but I don't know if I have many of those times where there's nothing going on. No, but we have to know his voice to be able to decipher, to discern, wait, God's speaking. Now I need to, I need to, I need to shut it down. I need to focus I think that another inhibitor of us hearing God's voice is sometimes our expectations of how he's going to speak to us. Our expectations of how he's going to speak to us. Are we listening for God's voice in different ways or do we expect him to really scream over top of those distractions in our lives? You know, hey, come on, pay attention. There's an experience somewhat I like to relate back to and it's one of Elijah that many of us might be familiar with and on the mountaintop. So if you look at 1 Kings 19, it talks about this. And then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains, and it broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And so it was that when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle, and he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave, and suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? You see, some of us are expecting God to move maybe ways that he's moved in our lives before. Maybe in loud, boisterous ways. Or maybe we're expecting God to only move in quiet ways. So when we get a big, big something big, we're like, that ain't Jesus. Mm-mm. That one was uncomfortable. That didn't work. But we see we come expecting God to speak. Maybe not in the way we expected, but maybe not in a burning bush again. But coming in a way, and we have to be listening. You see, as I said, this topic is big, and I think that's only part of it. I think there's other ways that God talks to us, but I want to say that those are probably, what I say, the main ways through the Holy Spirit and through his word. But that's only half of this because we're talking about God leading us, then we have to look at this next part. And I said, if God is leaving us, I think there's one thing that we have to ask ourselves, and that is, are we trusting and obeying? Again, not many people had their sermon notes prior to this week, so God speaking through this morning and the interpretations and the speaking of, with the people this morning, bringing up trusting, man, God is good. That's just awesome to me right there. But the question for you is, are you trusting and obeying his leading? You see, trust deals with authority. 
And obedience is submission and action upon that trust and authority. You see, trust deals with authority, and obedience and submission is a submission and an action upon the trust and authority. When we think about having God leading us, many of us think about Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. We know this verse. We'll say this verse. We hear this verse. But how many of us seem at times, man, my path doesn't seem straight. And we still have to go back to really that word of trust. And God, I'm going to trust you. And here, if we look at the original Hebrew word, and I have to apologize, I don't speak Hebrew very often. So my pronunciation might be bad here. But the trust in the original word is batakht, all right? And meaning to confide in, to be secure and without fear. To confide in to secure without fear. You're seeing, if we're reading that verse and we're saying, God, we truly trust you, we give you authority, then we're saying, God, I'm giving my control over to you that I should have nothing to fear. I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm going to walk in trust. They're colliding with each other. When Jesus calmed the sea, he was, had authority. You see, when we're saying, God, I'm going to trust you, you're saying, God, I'm giving you authority in my life. I'm giving you control. I'm giving you the keys to my car. You know, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm sorry, I should have never had the wheel in the first place. You know, Jesus is my co-pilot. I'm not. I'm out. All right? But we look at this and we say we give God authority. And there Jesus calmed the sea when the disciples, when they were astonished at his authority over the seas. If you remember what they said, they said, who is this man that even the seas and the winds obey him? He had authority. But we know the story that was prior to this. Where was Jesus prior to this? He was asleep. He was asleep. It wasn't like Jesus was there with the disciples going, oh my goodness gracious, we're going to die. You know what? Stop, wind. And the wind stopped. No. Prior to having the authority that he had, he had the confidence to be asleep during a storm because he had control. You see, we need to put our trust in the one who has so much authority that he's able to sleep in the storm. There's a story of my daughter, Audrey, that I have a four-year-old daughter. And for many of you, if you have children, you know, if you have a basketball hoop, I'm sure you've already done this. She asked me to dunk, have her dunk. So I lift her up over my head, and she dunks the basketball into the hoop, right? And like any other child, what do they do? They hang on to the hoop, all right? Which is all good, great. So I let go, all right? She loves it. She's laughing hysterically. She's holding on. And then the grip begins to kind of kind of get weak. So then she's like, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. I'm like, okay, I'm right here. And I'm holding her. I'm got her. But she's still hanging on. I'm like, honey, I got you. And she begins to cry and scream because she's scared because she doesn't have, she's afraid that her hands are going to, knowing the whole time or not knowing the whole time that my hands are literally on her, holding her. Because for her to let go would it be for her to let go of control and the safety. 
And how many times do we do the same thing? We say, God, you know what? Pick me up, do me, I'm, okay? Put me there, God. And you get there and you go, this is amazing. God says, great. And then we're like, okay, God, I'm getting a little weak. I need you. Can you, can you give me something? And God's like, I'm right here. I got you. I'm holding you. And yet we're still finding ourselves going, God, hold me. And he's going, I got you. He's like, just let go. Just let go. I already have you. Yet we find ourselves crying, God, where are you? Help me. I'm losing control. And he's saying, good, let go. I have control. You see, even at times, even with our prayers, I feel that I find myself in this. We take authority away from God. We're praying, God, you know what? I'm going to go here, so bless me. Give me favor, God. And God's going, I never told you to go there. And we say, God, you know what? I want you to be with me as I'm there. Or, you know, we're praying, God, won't you bless me? And we said, God, instead, we should be saying, God, lead me. God, bless my decisions. As I look into your will, as I read your word, guide me to where you want me to be so that I find the blessing and the favor. You see, God needs to lead. When we look back at that story, we looked at that story of Elijah where he had the mountaintop experience and he was there and he heard God's voice. But I want to actually now kind of reverse it and we're going to actually take a step back before that time. And so looking back at 1 Kings, let's go to verse number 4. And it says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. And he said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. And then as he lay there and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he ate. And then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked in coals and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank, and he laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came back and a second time touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose, he ate, and he drank, and he went with strength for that food for 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of God. And it was there that he went into the cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, and for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. You see, here in this moment, Elijah had began to ran from Israel. He had began to run from his calling, and he had ran because he was afraid. And the verses even before this talk about how Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. By this day tomorrow, Lord, help me. If you're not dead, then I pray that I'm dead, is what she said. We're going to So he ran out of fear. And you see, it was here this time that God came to him and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? I didn't tell you to come here. What are you doing here? And he heard God speak, but God told him then to exit the cave and experience the wind. He experienced the fire. He experienced the earthquake. And then after that, he heard the whisper. But if you remember what we read, what did he say again? He brought up the same question. He then asked him again, now that I have your attention, what are you doing here, Elijah? Why are you still here? What are you doing here? And Elijah, again, gave him the same exact explanation. Well, you know what? What just happened? They, you know what? They killed everyone else. I'm the only one that's left, and I'm next. And I, I, I love God just here kind of, I almost feel like he didn't address it. He's just like, okay, that's nice. This is what I want you to do. All right? He's like, that's all fear. Let's not even go there. 
That's all fear. God does not lead you out of fear. Making decisions based on fear is not how our God functions. He's a God of victory. He's a God of promise, not of fear. So you running out of fear from something, I'd say stop and ask and see if God is saying, why are you here? Don't be let out of fear. But the, the happened is he told him what to do. He said, go and anoint Elisha and, Je- and Elijah obeyed. You see, when we have the trust and when we have the authority and when we move in that, then it comes to that obedience. You see, obedience is an action. Obedience is action. When we hear this, James Clamers, a great missionary, a martyr to a group of cannibals in New Guinea, once said this, let us be men with men, but let us always be children before God. What he's saying here in this is that it's obedience. Again, we expect obedience out of children, and we expect obedience has always been a key to experiencing God and truly letting him lead us, because Jesus mentioned this multiple times throughout his word. If you love me, you will obey my commands. And that's a direct reflection of the love for him. And then even one of the most disturbing questions that I think I've read in the Bible was when Jesus asked this in Luke, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but then do not do the things I say? It's Luke 6, 46. I've experienced this. I've experienced this where I've prayed, God, lead me. And it was been time where I was praying with God and whether I would stay in a full-time pastoral position or if I was being led into education, which my original degree was in. And I began to pray, God, lead me. And that year, I felt God gave me three specific things. He said, be ready, be prepared, be intentional. And I was like, great. Which one, with ministry or with education? Crickets. I was like, great. All right, now. But I prayed and I said, God, lead me. And here's the thing is that I decided in that moment that both of them I would honor God in. And I once heard a great preacher tell me this. Her name was Nicole Schreiber. She said, if you will honor God in both of those and you haven't heard, then begin to walk and God will lead. And here's the thing. I began to walk. I began to continue my credentialing as a pastor. I began to then get an education job. And God opened up doors. I got a job in education. But I was still able to be a part-time pastor and do that, which then led me to the time where I felt God called me to continue to move forward. And I got my master's. And I got that. And this has led me to here to be the head of school at Erie First Christian Academy. But I made the choice to obey him and to listen. You see, many times our lack of action is not because we were told to wait, but our lack of action is because we're afraid of what he's told us or what we think is, he's called us to is too hard. So I want to ask you, who's leading you? Because I do believe there's a tragedy of disobedience. Again, relating to a, a story that we might connect with here of modern times is, is a disobedience is that there was a pastor who came and he can remember his very first funeral it was a family of a little girl three years old and he remembered that when he first started at the church he visited the family and the pretty little girl did have a little bit of a problem with disobedience that her parents would tell her to do something like sit down and she would stand up don't touch that so she'd smile and she'd touch it Well, one day, they forgot to close the front gate of their house, which led to a busy street. 
They yelled for the little girl to stop as she ran through the gate towards the road. The girl turned around for a moment only to smile and then continued to run into the road. She didn't make it. Again, this story just for me, when I read this, as children of God, as we say we're children of God, God does sell us and speak to us. And at times we hear his voice and God is saying something that maybe we don't want. Maybe at times he's telling us something that we didn't want to hear or that it's a little bit too hard. And we think, here, it sounds too difficult. It sounds like a big step or a big thing for, I mean, that's going to stretch me too much. But God is yelling and calling out saying, stop. He's saying, listen to me. This isn't a question of whether it's best or better. No, this is a question of stop for your own good. And if we disobey, but yet we still find ourselves praying, God, lead me, then what really are we expecting God to do? As I said, today is kind of a summarizing of this, but I feel like there's five, really quick, don't, don't panic, five really quick kind of summarization things of today. If you saying, God, lead me, the first thing that we talked about is develop your relationship. Consume his word. Listen, begin to know his voice. If you're saying, God, truly lead me, then you need to spend more time listening to him, hearing his word, consuming it. Because when we're being led by God, we'll find that it all starts at the cross and it ends at the cross. It starts with being led by the cross and give relinquish our control to him. In John 14, 21, it says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is one who loves me. And though one who loves me will be loved by the Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Real quick, if you're saying God lead me or you feel like God hasn't spoken to you, but yet you have not given him control or you haven't even asked Christ to come into your life, that's the first step. I want to tell you today, that is the first step. If you find yourself in a mess, if you find yourself saying, God, lead me, pull me out of this, go to Christ. Give control to him. Because it's then that you will have that relationship and you'll begin to build it. Because number two, we seek to understand God's ways and understand and recognize his voice and his promises. This is how we know the will of God. We don't want to just sit there and pray, God, if this is your will, God's saying, I've told you what my will is. You might not always understand how it completely falls in, but look to my word so that you know the promises I've given you, so that you know the will that I've given you, so that you know exactly where I'm trying to lead you. So we go to that to understand God's ways and his promises so that we can discern when we hear the Holy Spirit speak to us. Number three is I say, learn to concentrate. Listen, take the time. Put out the distractions. It might cause discomfort. It might cause you relinquishing. But you need to do that. And four. I said five, but there's only four. I miscounted. I'm an educator. Develop habitual trust and obedience. Develop habitual trust and obedience. Begin it today. Begin it now saying, every time I hear the Lord speak, no matter how hard, no matter how hard it's going to be, I'm going to move in what he tells me to do. I will check the word. I will hear his voice, and then I will begin to move. I'll begin to listen, and I will always trust and give that authority to him. Because we know that his word has power. 
It started the world. His words brought life into the world. His words brought the dead back to life. His words stopped the wind and the seas, and his words are going to do things in your life today, but they require action on our part. So develop the habitual trust and obedience. In just a moment here, I'm going to pray, and the band's going to actually just again play that fall afresh upon us, God. Because maybe you find yourself in this where you say, you know what, I've been in the church for years, but I've become calloused to the thought of God's voice speaking to me. Or maybe you're saying, I'm brand new to the church, and I just don't know what to listen to. Either way, wherever you find yourself on, we are going to pray for a fresh renewing, a fresh outpouring of God's spirit upon us, saying, God, lead me. God, speak to me. And so today, in this time, as we take, just take a moment here, just a single moment, as they play this, cancel the distractions, forget about lunch, and just let God speak to you. So let's pray. God, we pray, thank you so much for this wonderful day. God, I pray that you will just move in this place. I pray that you will just begin to speak now, God, that if we have distractions in our minds, that if we have anything that is causing us to inhibit hearing your voice, that it would cease, that it would stop, and God, we would move forward in your spirit. God, I pray that in this moment right now, you would lead us and guide us, but not that you would just lead us and guide us, but that we would act upon that and have obedience. So God, let us move and hear your voice now. In Jesus' name. stand up. Let's just sing this out as a prayer this morning. He would come and fill this place. That he come and fill every single one of us. Show us in new ways. Spirit, come and fill this place. Let your
pray today, lead me. As we've been stretched, as we've been seeked, as we, as we said, send me, God, lead me. As we go through this week, in Jesus' name.